Hey friends, before we get to this week's episode, we have a couple of great things coming up this month at Redemption Hill that we want to share with you. All the details for these you can find on the website that's linked in the show notes. First, we have All Be Home for Christmas, a hand-spun, homemade family Christmas show. This will be December 22nd at the Basque Center downtown at 6 p.m. This event is sponsored by Boise Turnkey Real Estate, and all the proceeds will go to support Leap Housing. You can bring your whole family and you can RSVP at the Facebook event, also linked in the show notes. This year, we'll be doing two Christmas Eve services in conjunction with Discovery Church. Those will take place at 3.30 p.m. and 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve. We hope to see you there. Now, enjoy today's episode. We'll probably never really know. We'll never know who the shepherds were or what they were like. But doesn't it like say something about us that that that's like shocking to us that maybe Jesus would choose, you know, teenage girls. Like, I think that's a, even just the theological idea that it could have been teenage girls is, it's correcting, you know, it corrects our imagination Mm. when we place, yeah, middle-aged white males with like very full rich beards (laughs) into that narrative. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I, I think that's huge. Even if it's not actual truth, I think it's why that's exactly who Jesus would pick, like, but that's how God works. It's the whole story. I think what's remarkable about it is the idea that these people, <laughs> these people are at the center of it, you know, yeah. they're not. I think in a lot of times the way we think about the Jesus story or the Christmas story, it's we have a full understanding of this story and we need to go announce it to other people, Mm -hmm. Um, which there's truth in that. But I think the fact that Jesus chose marginalized people and oppressed people and, you know, the left out, the forgotten, what that means is that we have to go to those people to learn the story Mm. because most of us are so far removed from people outside of our socioeconomic status that we we don't even know how to interpret the story hey everyone welcome welcome back uh to our third um advent Instagram episode. Um, I'm Alyssa and I will be hosting our conversation today. Um, I know if you're watching this live, you get to see me, but I don't get to see you. And that makes me sad because I miss seeing everybody's faces at church. Um, and I cannot wait until we are all back together again in January on January 8th. Be there. Um, I hope all of your Advent has been just a really special time of being together with your family and your micro church um, and just a really nice time of connection. So uh, today we are talking with Andrew about the third candle of Advent, which is joy. Um, I don't think I've ever like thought about the candles 
in connection with the characters that they represent um, and like why that's significant until this year, which has been a really special discovery for me. Um, and I hope that all of you have also been able to find like new little nuggets in the Christmas story. Um, if you have, we'd love to hear about that. Um, so drop, drop that in the comment. Um, if there's anything that's really been sticking out to you um, this Advent season. Um, so last week we talked about the angel in connection with the peace candle. And then the week before that, we talked about Mary and the prophets in connection with the uh, hope candle. Um, and then today we're talking about the shepherds um, with the joy candle. Um, so Andrew explored this joy in conjunction with humility and becoming lowly, um, God's intentional seeking of the lowly among us to tell and proclaim his good news. Um, and he encouraged us to consider what that says about the Jesus that we worship on Christmas. Um, and that is what we're going to do today. Um, so we're just going to get Andrew in here and then... Always takes so long. Okay. Hey. Hey. How's it going? It's good. How are you? Well, uh, your profile picture of you and Emmy Lou is so cute. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's Marianne's favorite, so that's that's there, why I picked it. There you go. Great, <laughs> great choice. Um, well, thanks for joining me today. Um where I'm thinking we'll chat today, we'll talk a little bit about um, God's intentional choosing of the lowly in yeah. the Christmas story, um, and then talk a little bit about um, some of the work that you've been currently up to. Okay, yeah, that sounds great. Great. All right. So to get started, um, when we, when Jesse and I were talking about um, the Christmas show and what we were going to do for that back in October, um, we were talking about like what we lose when we have like a quote unquote shiny Christmas, uh -huh. um, like when we clean the Christmas story up. Um, and so we thought about originally, our original idea was to like focus on the humanity of the Christmas story or like the grittiness of it. Um, and obviously we ended up pivoting from that. Uh, but your sermon reminded me a lot of like that conversation we were having. Um, especially when you're talking about um, how it comes in a context of oppression um, and and brings a hope for relief from the oppression. So what I'd love to like swim in a little bit first is like, what do we, what do we miss when we change the, the context of the Christmas story? And like, uh, what do we lose when we make it shiny? Yeah. Here, I'm picking up Emily really quick. Hi, Emily. She wants to sit in a big girl chair. You can't blame her. Yeah. So, yeah, I think one of the things is just we miss, we miss the real story. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I think the story that we tell ourselves about Christmas is a great story, but I think the one that actually happened is even better. Um, specifically, just the way. You know, the the angels announce it to the shepherds that it's for all people. Um, it's good news for all people. Um, 
And so I just think, yeah, we miss the, we miss the fact that it's all for all people when we make it our own, you know, when we remove the parts that make us feel uncomfortable or feel foreign to us. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, we do that with the, we, we don't just do that with the Christmas story though, right? We do that with the entire Jesus story mm -hmm. where, you know, we, all these people who are central characters in the Jesus narrative are like us, you know, and they would hang out in the same spaces that we hang out. They would probably be about the same socioeconomic status as us. I do that, you know, when I yeah. think about even people like Paul and, you know, the apostles in general, mm -hmm. um, but it's just not the same story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's something beautiful about the real story, yeah. Mm, that's great. Um, so on those lines, how would you say, especially like, yeah, thinking of what you said about like the shepherds, like potentially being young girls, which I thought was like so interesting. That is such a like mental picture reframe. Yeah. You no, know, because we are like, yeah, like a middle-aged dudes in the field. Yeah. They were kids and like, probably girls, wild. Um, yeah. But like, how would you say that that idea of God specifically seeking out the lowly, how does that connect um, specifically with the joy of God? Sure. Like that chosen or a chosen audience again now, connect with what God is saying about joy. Yeah. So a couple, a couple things. I, you know, there's no, we'll probably never really know, we'll never know who the shepherds were or what they were like. But doesn't it like say something about us that, that that's like shocking to us that maybe Jesus would choose, you know, teenage girls. Like, I think that's a, even just the theological idea that it could have been mm -hmm. teenage girls is, it's correcting, you know, it corrects our imagination mm. when we place, yeah, middle-aged white males with like very full, rich beards <laughs> into that narrative. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I, I think that's huge. Even if it's not actual truth, I think it's why that's exactly who Jesus would pick. Like, but that's how God works. It's the whole story. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just finishing the question here. Um, the idea that I think what's remarkable about it is the idea that these people, <laughs> these people are at the center of it. You know, yeah. they're not, I think in a lot of times the way we think about the Jesus story or the Christmas story, it's, we have a full understanding of this story. And we need to go announce it to other people, mm -hmm. um, which there's truth in that. But I think the fact that Jesus chose marginalized people and oppressed people and, you know, the left out, the forgotten, what that means is that we have to go to those people to learn the story mm -hmm. because most of us are so far removed from people outside of our socioeconomic status that we 
we don't even know how to interpret the story story you know what i mean we don't know how mm -hmm. we don't know how to feel it anymore and so i think there's there's joy the joy comes in recognizing that there's a lot of pieces to this no you're good but for me it's i am not i'm not the gatekeeper okay like i'm as a middle class white male who's a pastor and is going to you know seminary i am not the one who got entrusted with sharing this good news alone like it is not my job to go to i don't have this pressure going to all the people who are not like me and making them like me right instead i'm free to listen and to learn mm -hmm. to enter spaces not with like a a hero mindset where i've got to be the one to come in and fix things but i can enter spaces as a student and as a learner mm -hmm. um, yeah and that's free that, that's freedom for those of us who think that we're at the top of the food chain and we need to help everybody else. And at the same time, it's freedom for those who are often let out, left out because now they're the ones who are hosting the party. They're not the ones anymore who are hoping they get an invitation in the mail, but they're the ones writing the invitations. And I think that's such a beautiful reversal of the way that we typically think about the kingdom of God, yeah. you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's so good. That'll preach, as they say. Um, yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, so thinking about that idea of like humility, bringing ourselves down. Yeah, being like willing to listen in spaces where we often feel like we have to teach. Um, you were talking about joy being possible because God humbled himself. Yeah. Um, and you said that uh, we can have joy because Jesus took our shame, which was an interesting connection to make. So pivoting just a little bit. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about like joy and shame um, and the connection between those two things? I thought yeah. that's an interesting like idea to weave into the conversation. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, a lot of times the shame that people feel that we feel is related to our sort of like sense of doom about our own selves or our own fate you know like mm -hmm. we we feel hopeless um and yeah i think yeah you feel shame because you know yourself you know you know the worst parts of yourself and I think Jesus just sets us free from that, you know, and understanding the invitation to the kingdom and the sacrifice that he made for us. I just think it, there's this, uh, have you ever seen the rescuers down under? <laughs> yes. Okay. So there's this scene in the rescuers. Yes, man. Yeah. The whole, whole thing. Oh, it's classic. Yeah. So there's this scene where <laughs> they're all in like the poachers, <laughs> prison you know and there's this lizard named frank <laughs> and frank is stuck in a cage and he's doom and gloom he's like oh i'm never gonna get out i actually watched this clip yesterday 
Um, but he uh, he he's has his tail outside the cage, and as soon as the pop lock the lock pops, he gets out. And even though you know Joanna the lizard is gonna come get him, he just starts celebrating, and he's so full of joy that he's free. He's just like, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And I think <laughs> in a very, you know, childlike way, that's the same sort of joy that Jesus invites us to experience. It's like all that like self-doubt, all the shame, all the guilt. Jesus lets us, invites us to just walk out of that life. Like, mm. and all of us in different ways, you know, but he, I think all of us are invited into that joy of being free from the fate that we've made for ourselves. Jesus invites us into a different one. So, yeah. 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 That's great. No, we're all, I'm always about a rescuer's metaphor. That's oh, great. I, heck yeah. So I'm going to have to go, I have to go look it up. Yeah. I'll send, I'll send you the, the link to that scene. Great. Sounds good. <laughs> um, no, that's great. And it's the whole like, we all, you know, there, we all have things in our story where it's like, this is the thing for me that's like holding me in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how cool it is that God is like so specific with us. To for be sure. Like, that doesn't have to hold you. For sure. And we see that in the, I mean, in the gospels, it's the, it's the, the birth story and all the gospels where, you know, whoever these shepherds were, they think they're like cultural barriers or life experience barriers or education barriers that will hold them back from being the first people to see Jesus, like to see the Messiah. And that would hold them back from announcing the birth of Messiah. But God invites them into that exact thing, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, love it. All right. So um, for time, we're going to, switch to the next thing I want to talk to you about. Yeah. So I loved the story that you told um, when you were in Uganda with the kids for Christmas. Yeah. Um, that was special. Um, and I know you have a huge heart for justice and participating in that sort of kingdom work. Um, and you've been telling me a little bit about the um, project you've been doing for your class oh, yeah. that you just finished. Yes. Did you finish it? I nice. did. Congrats. Thank Congratulations. Uh, the, anyways, your class um, at Fuller, and I'd love to have you share a little bit about that project you did. Um, yeah, what you've been doing lately, and like some things that you've been learning as you've been working on it. Yeah, for sure. So I had this uh, project that was basically built around the idea of having some intercultural conversations. Um, and I just kind of felt pushed to be downtown a little bit more and more engaged with our homeless community. And so I went downtown and was able to interview some different teens actually who are experiencing homelessness and just ask them questions about what it's like. Um, some really interesting questions about like where they think, what, what, what do you think Jesus would be doing if he was alive right now, you know? and if they feel welcome in churches, church spaces and stuff like that. And it was incredibly enlightening. Um, I think convicting actually is another uh, good word uh, to hear, you know, these students or these high school kids, age kids say that they don't really feel welcome or as valued in like uh, 
non-denominational Christian church spaces as maybe they do some other spaces. Mm -hmm. uh, but also just some really insightful answers to, you know, kids who didn't grow up in church or really around faith much, but instinctively they know enough about Jesus to say, I think Jesus would be here. Like, I think he would be one of the words that this 18 year old girl, girl used was like, I think he'd be around. Like, <laughs> I think he'd just be around with us and helping and being in a relationship. And so I just think there, there was a lot of insightful things that came from that as well. Um, yeah, it was a great experience. And I built like a, a podcast for my final project based off those interviews and kind of broke some of the, their answers down. But it's, it's very humbling too to listen to the different experiences and um, like origins that people come from that are so different from my experiences. Um, and it, it really breaks down our walls and boxes that we build and put people in, you know, when we, they're not just like a group of people that we stereotype into, this is why they live this way. But, but when we hear their individual stories and they are all so unique, um, it, I think it stirs up compassion and love and corrects our bad ideas too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's, especially with homelessness, it's such an easy quote, like, you know what I mean? Just like, it's yeah. an easy thing to close your eyes. Like you just don't look at it. For and sure. Then you have to pay attention to it. So, and I, I think, you know, we all do that. So yeah. it's yeah, important to even like consider people's humanity. I don't know. It's yeah, really yeah, cool. Absolutely. Stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And in connection with the stories that, we're talking about like mm -hmm. it's very humbling to think if the you know incarnation happened right now it's more likely that jesus would choose the, would invite these people to be part of this original proclamation and experience and i think that again that's just a really beautiful thing to and freeing thing to realize mm -hmm. um would you say there's anything like specific that God has been like teaching you as you've been going through this that you haven't mentioned already? Like anything else you've been learning as you've been thinking about it? Through, through like specifically with like the Shepherds and Joy or the project? Uh, the project. Okay. Um, I think for me, it was, a, it was a little bit of a wake up call. Like I walked in the, the shelter and felt uncomfortable and that discomfort was surprising to me because I used to be in those spaces more often. Like I was, when I was single and like didn't really have many responsibilities, I could just go do that. And I think, you know, I've been married for all, over four years now. And I, I think in my brain, I had told myself that those experiences were more recent. And when I felt the discomfort, I was like, oh, I'm not doing the same things that I tell myself that I'm doing, you know, or yeah. these things that I'm like holding on to maybe is like, I don't know, markers of my identity as a good person or that I am engaged in the things that Jesus yeah. is telling me to do. I was awakened to the reality that I've been, that I haven't fully been engaging that or making time for it like I should. It wasn't like a guilt thing, but like a, just a good wake up call, you know? Yeah. Like a reminder that. Yeah important thing that's there 
for yeah. sure. I think it's so easy for us to be like, oh, I, I do that. But it's like, oh, I did that 10 years ago. You know, it wasn't really, mm -hmm. I'm not actually actively engaged in those spaces, but yeah. yeah. Especially when it's something that you like, I don't know. Cause I think I've been thinking of that too. I haven't done anything like that in so long. Yeah. And it's, you know, when we say like, oh, this is something I'm really passionate about and this is something I really care about. And then, yeah, to realize like, I don't really do yeah. it. Very For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. That's so good. It's hard to like actually make those moves, you know, to, it takes a lot to get in a space like that. It really does. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I like the idea of just going with people and making it happen. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, is podcast going to be like available to listen to? I could make it available. I actually, the part of the um, assignment was to build it like it was for a group of people. And I actually built it for us. I built it for oh, great the Redemption Hill community. So I'd be happy to share it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know and I can make it available. Okay. Sounds good. Great. Nice. Um, all right. One more section of things. Okay. Before we, um, so unless there's, did you want to say anything no. else more about that? No, right. that's great. So, um, pivoting a little, we've, so we've talked a lot in our community about justice and hospitality in the last few months, like so much about it, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, wondering why would you say that those ideas of like justice and joy are so important like specifically at Christmas? And what do you think are some ways we can participate in them during this season? Yeah. Yeah, I think the reason it's so, maybe it's just highlighted during this time of year is because it's, we're telling a story that is our story. You know, it's like central to who we are. And those are just such significant parts of that story. Mm -hmm. And so it feels closer to us and more real to us maybe than it does in other times of the year. And then I think ways that we can do this, I really think we just need to simplify it sometimes. Like I mm -hmm. think it's really easy to make it like this really big project. And if I can't do this really big project or if I fail this project, then I fail, you know, but I think, loving our neighbors. Um, it's really simple. It can, it can be as simple as like shoveling a neighbor's driveway. Um, I think typically we're aware of the people in our neighborhood or who live around us who are isolated or maybe don't have a lot of people come over, um, reaching out and being present for those people. Yeah. I, I just think it's so simple. It's like, listen to the, listen to God, listen to the Lord's voice. And if he invites you to do a little thing, I think the little things are just as meaningful as, you know, mm -hmm. the big things and not all of us are always able to do the big things. So does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's great. I think we do, we do make it something where it's like, well, if I can't like go down to the homeless shelter, I yeah. do anything. Or exactly. It's like, you like a little thing is just as good. For sure. Exactly. Like I, we've been talking a lot about um, the housing mm -hmm. uh, crisis, you know, and not all of the people in our community have the ability to maybe rent out a home for, you know, cheaper land. But I think that doesn't, that shouldn't stop you from 
helping. You know, there are other ways to help just by being a good neighbor um, and finding the people in your neighborhood who, who need to be loved on. So, yeah. So, um, so then uh, I know, so last week, Robert, our guest two weeks ago, Robert was talking about ways that we could participate in that sort yeah. of work as a church. Um, and I know we're, I feel like we're, we're getting better yeah. at micro. We're getting more comfortable with it, uh, which is figuring out the rhythms. Um, but how would you say that, like, for people who might be like, oh, microchurch is new for me. I don't know how I would do this with my microchurch. Um, can you talk a little, little bit about, like, how we could do this, how, how we could do this work as microchurches, maybe somewhere to start when you're doing this work in community? Yeah. I think creating a space and inviting people into it, whether it's a rather, if it's just a regular part of your microchurch experience where people have the opportunity to share about what's going on in their lives or asking, hey, are there any needs that you're aware of mm. in your neighborhood or that God specifically put on your heart? And then all, all rally around that um, idea. I'm, sometimes I'm not super good about being intentional. I just like to go with the flow and enjoy conversation. But Marianne, my wife, is super intentional, and there's she knows a gal who needs is like a single mom and has three kids and has a really hard time keeping up with taking care of them, and so actually in a couple of weeks for our microchurch gathering, we're all gonna meet we're all gonna meet together at our house and cook just a bunch of meals in our kitchen freezer meals and take them to her, and I, I just think it's if you create those spaces where people feel safe to share something they're feeling or that God's put on their heart. Yeah. And then everybody like just creating a culture where people are going to jump in, you know, and be like, I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, I think that's, it just self perpetuates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then more and more people want to share or have ideas because your eyes are open. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's such a positive and fulfilling experience to do that, right? Like when you do something you were made to do, mm -hmm. you just want to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, that's a great place to end for today. I think is there yeah, anything? Also, oh yeah. Yeah. I've got one thing. If you are able to come to our Christmas show, you guys should come. Alyssa is going to do a poetry reading that I'm super psyched about. True. It's going to be lots of singing. It's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. And we're raising money for Leap Charities, which mm -hmm. provides uh, housing for refugees and immigrants. And yeah, it's helping um, combat the housing crisis here in Boise. Yeah, and it's a great thing um, to do if you're like, ah, that feels like a big thing yeah. and I can't help. Yeah. There are people doing really good work um, yeah. in this effort. Um, and this is a great organization to donate to. So, yeah, I think absolutely. It's, it's going to be really fun. It is. It's going to be a jolly old time. <laughs> it is. Uh, that's December 22nd, 6.30 p.m. Auction. There's like a silent auction um, and like food and stuff. That starts at yeah. 6. And then the show starts at 6.30. At so, the Basque Center. At the Basque Center yeah. downtown. Heck yes. Um,
Yeah, baby. Uh, Andrew, before you go, do you want to say a quick thing about the youth meeting on January? Yes. Thank you. So on January 8th, after our first service at Discovery, I'm going to invite people over to the youth house and just cast a little vision for what the youth is going to look like moving forward. Um, yeah, if you pray about it, if you think God might be moving you to engage with our youth and help make disciples and reach on church kids, um, at least pop in and see if you might be interested. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for joining us. That was a great discussion. Yeah, um, it was fun. Everybody, it's going to be on the pod. It's all on the podcast now. If you haven't noticed, um, hopefully it'll be on there. This conversation, this conversation will be on there, like hopefully tomorrow. Nice. So real quick turnaround, um, and we'll talk to everybody again soon. Sounds good. Merry Christmas, guys. See you, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Make sure to subscribe to get the weekly episodes in your podcast feed. You can find out more on how to get connected with Redemption Hill at redemptionboise.org slash connection, where you can fill out the connect card and start your journey today. For regular encouragement throughout the week, follow us on Instagram at Redemption Boise. We are so glad you're here and are excited to accompany you in your story with God. We hope to see you soon.